0: The CIA is working to rebuild its network of spies in China after Beijing caught and killed many of its agents a decade ago. As China vows countermeasures, will the agency pull it off this time? Vacant streets and sounding sirens across northern Taiwan. A half-hour evacuation drill aiming to prepare residents for natural disasters or a possible Chinese attack. A show of force and unity aimed at China the largest ever joint military training between Washington and Canberra underway in Australia. And does America's Indo-Pacific strategy impact world dynamics? What role does Beijing play? We hear from two Washington officials. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Growing tensions in the U.S.-China spy war. Beijing is pledging countermeasures after the head mm-hmm. of the CIA said so the agency has be been working to rebuild its spy network in China. Micro-
1: About a decade ago, the CIA rolled up, uh, the China rolled up a lot of CIA operations in China. A dozen or more CIA sources were arrested or worse, executed. Have you rebuilt?
2: Um, Yeah, we've made progress and we're working very hard um, over recent years um, to ensure that we have a strong human intelligence capability to complement what we can acquire through other methods. Burns
0: was referring to a major breach over a decade ago when China broke up the CIA's spy network in the country. The consequences of that incident were huge. The New York Times reported at the time that China killed or detained over a dozen CIA sources. One was shot in front of his co-workers in the courtyard of a Chinese government building. The report cited unnamed U.S. officials. NTD reached out to the CIA for comment, but did not hear back before airtime. How did Beijing find out about America's spy network? Officials believe multiple issues led to it. One is that the Chinese breached the CIA sources' communication systems. The other is that there was a mole inside the CIA. Later, the agency identified a former officer in Hong Kong, Jerry Chunqing Li. Li had access to information on a lot of CIA officers and their sources. He also knew sensitive details about how the CIA collects intelligence. Li is a naturalized U.S. citizen. He was recruited by China's national security officers. Li pleaded guilty to espionage in 2019. He was sentenced to 19 years in prison. Beijing said it took note of Burns' comment about rebuilding. Sirens sounding on the streets of Taiwan Monday as troops kicked off the week with an annual air raid exercise. In cities across northern Taiwan, citizens were asked to stay indoors for 30 minutes from 1.30 to 2.00 p.m. local time. A street evacuation alert was sent out to locals via text message ahead of time. Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen also shared a reminder on Facebook. Directing people to be aware of words like test and drill in the text message and to stay calm. The drill is called Wang An, translated as Everlasting Peace. It simulates an enemy airstrike on a train station, with the city's fire department leaping into action to evacuate wounded civilians and put out fires. The drill aims to prepare civilians for natural disasters and serves as a practice evacuation in the case of a real attack. Beijing claims Taiwan is part of mainland China and has vowed to take control of it by force if necessary. Taiwan staunchly denies being ruled by Beijing. In an attempt to pressure the island, China has also sent near-constant rounds of fighter jets and, as of this year, drones and warships toward the island. The Chinese Communist Party has never ruled Taiwan. The 46th annual Wang An drills will run through Thursday. Other parts of Taiwan will carry out similar exercises this week. How does Washington's strategy in the Indo-Pacific shape global dynamics, and what role does China play in that region? Two Washington officials sharing some assessments Monday. NTD's Sam Wong brings us the details. The Brookings
3: Institution hosted two Biden administration officials discussing the strategic importance of the Indo-Pacific Alliance. We believe that much of the history of the 21st century will be written in the Indo-Pacific. America's future security and prosperity is inextricably linked to developments in this consequential region. Dan Crittenbrink serves as the Assistant Secretary of State for East Asian and Pacific Affairs. He noted that the U.S. is committed to strengthening partnerships in the Indo-Pacific to enforce rule-based international order. Brink mentioned that China remains a challenge for regional security, and the best way to manage that hurdle is to bolster allies. We have a regional strategy of which China is a part and not the other way around. Our uh, allies and partners are intrinsically valuable to us. That's going to be the focus uh, of our efforts uh, across the region. China has recently stepped up its aggression in the Indo-Pacific region. Back in May, a Chinese fighter jet made a dangerous maneuver towards a U.S. aircraft, cutting right in front of its nose. According to the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, that move forced the U.S. aircraft to fly through its wake turbulence. On the defense front, Eli Ratner, the assistant secretary of state for Indo-Pacific Security Affairs, said that Washington is working closely with Australia and the U.K. Uh, so a conventionally armed <laughs> nuclear-powered uh, submarine uh, for the Australians uh, that we would be working on trilaterally, with the U.K. as well, we completed uh, a decision around the optimal pathway at the end of the 18-month consultation period. As for Washington's next move in the Indo-Pacific, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has a trip to the region scheduled for next week. He'll be visiting Tonga, New Zealand, and Australia. Reporting from Washington, D.C., Sam Wong, NTD News.
0: A key U.S. ally taking a major step to counter China's dominance in the rare earth market. Japanese metals maker Proterial has developed a prototype motor for electric vehicles. According to Nikkei Asia, the new magnet consists mainly of the rare-earth metal ferrite. The company said tests have proved the new motor is capable of delivering the output needed for electric vehicles. The ferrite magnet will replace widely used magnets containing a rare-earth metal found mainly in China. China previously suspended rare-earth exports to Japan in 2010. And now, Japan seeks to bring its reliance down to 50% by 2025. Additionally, China is restricting exports of two rare-earth minerals crucial to semiconductor manufacturing as a response to U.S. export controls. What's more, starting this week, Japan is restricting China's access to 23 times of its chip-making tools. Tokyo announced that order in March joining the U.S. and the Netherlands in efforts to restrict Beijing's chip access, something Washington believes could be exploited for weapons development. China's foreign ministry appealed to Japan on Monday, urging it not to interfere with the normal semiconductor industry cooperation between the two countries. The Japanese restrictions range from tools used for smartphone making to artificial intelligence and chip etching devices that could have military uses. But some officials in Tokyo worry that by specifically targeting China in the move, it could unnecessarily provoke Beijing. A Japanese industry ministry official says, quote, there's no need to identify the country. All you need to do is control the item. Australia is saying no to a China-linked buy-up. According to the Australian Foreign Investment Review Board, the company is looking to acquire a lithium mining company. It's the second time this year Australia blocked a Chinese company from investing in its critical mineral sector. Australian Treasurer Jim Chalmers issued a halt order. That's to prevent the China-linked company called Asteroid from taking over Alita Resources. The lithium miner is facing significant financial troubles. Asteroid Australia is led by Chinese national Mike Chi. Lithium is a critical metal needed for electric car batteries and other storage systems for renewable energy, including electric vehicles, smartphones and laptops. Australia remains the world's top lithium supplier. It plays a crucial role in international trade and the management of strategic resources. On the other hand, China holds a dominant position in global rare earth production and has substantial investments in lithium and mining ventures across Australia. That has prompted Canberra to cautiously address Chinese involvement in its critical minerals industry. At a time when China's ramping up Indo-Pacific aggression, the U.S. and Australia are kicking off a record-setting military exercise involving nearly a dozen other nations and more than 30,000 troops over the weekend. Also appearing on the waters of the Australian Coral Sea, a Chinese surveillance vessel. Let's zoom in.
1: 13 nations are participating in this year's two-week-long Talisman Sabre War Games. Joining the event, France, Japan, Canada, Britain and New Zealand, among others, with a handful more to look on as observers. The Talisman Sabre is a biannual joint exercise between the U.S. and Australia, first launched in 2005. Officials say this year's joint drills are the largest and most expensive in the exercise's history.
4: All of this is is actually building uh, muscle memory between our two countries' defense forces.
1: Footage shows personnel from different defense forces in action during a live fire rehearsal. U.S. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro says that the multi-nation drill sends a clear message to China.
2: I think the, the most important message that China can take from this exercise and anything that our allies and partners do together is that we are extremely tied by the core values that exist amongst our many nations together.
1: Del Toro and Marines were also upbeat about progress on the AUKUS deal. Under it, the U.S. and Britain will provide Australia with a fleet of submarines powered by U.S. nuclear technology.
2: That's the strength of three nations working together as one.
1: According to Australian Army officer Greg Bilton, a Chinese spy ship had been contacted on Australian waters on Thursday. I'll tell you now, there's one one off the east coast of Australia at the moment. He says the ship is expected to move into the exercise area. The presence of a Chinese ship is a common sight during the drills.
3: Uh, They've done this for a number of years. We're well prepared for it.
1: Chinese spy ships have been shadowing talisman saber exercises since 2017. Australian defense officials say they are tracking the ship during the exercise
0: as the largest ever u.s australia drill is on display along the australian coast now australia is set to expand its air force fleet with help from weapons made in the usa what's included in the defense deal let's dive in
4: in a major boost to its military capabilities australia said on monday it will buy 20 new hercules planes from the u.s these are the workhorses of the australian air force and today i'm proud to announce that the Albanese Labor government uh, will be almost doubling the fleet, going from 12 Hercules aircraft to 20. The deal is valued at 6.6 billion dollars and will substantially increase Australia's fleet of its second largest heavy transport aircraft. Almost doubling the fleet uh, gives us more capacity to deploy them on multiple operations at the same time, and that's the critical driver. The U.S. State Department in November approved the potential sale to Australia The first of the new four-engine Hercules is expected to be delivered in 2027, eventually replacing the current fleet of 12 Hercules stationed at a base near Sydney. The deal comes ahead of an Australian visit later this week by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin.
0: A tragic incident unfolding in northeast China. The roof of a middle school gym collapsed during a girls' volleyball practice. Who was victimized and what led to the devastating collapse? We speak to the victims' grief-stricken parents about the tragedy. That report and more coming up tomorrow on China In Focus. But coming up today, the world's second largest economy actively chasing cutting-edge technology. Beijing reaffirming its ambitions to become the global leader in artificial intelligence. Chinese tech giants are speeding up development to catch up with their U.S. peers in AI chatbot creation. Have American tech companies contributed to China's rapid AI advancements? And what repercussions might Washington now face? We sat down with Rex Lee, cybersecurity advisor at Privacy for details. More on that after the break, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus, I'm Tiffany Meyer. Global superpowers are competing on a new battleground, artificial intelligence. But how far does China lag behind U.S. development? The country is set to allocate a staggering $15 billion towards AI projects this year alone, a near 50% jump in just two years. What does China's AI promises look like? And how should the cutting-edge technology be regulated? We speak to Rex Lee, cybersecurity advisor at MySmartPrivacy, for more. Rex Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show.
2: Thank you for having me on the show, Tiffany.
0: Rex, it seems there's a lot of focus on AI recently. Apple came out with their own version of GPT called Ajax. There's Google's Bard. And with this focus on AI, there seems to be now concerns about national security. So how do you see this unfolding, especially as other countries like China is also getting a taste for it?
2: Yes, uh, on April 11th uh, this year, China's Cyberspace Administration announced um, uh, measures and management for AI chat GPT services so that their government uh, uh, can uh, gain control over the dissemination of AI within China, much like the the, uh, Internet. What this really means is that they're going to limit the ability for Chinese citizens to access information through AI while enabling their military to weaponize AI as well. And uh, again, like they're doing with social media and other technologies, they're uh, utilizing, uh, they'll utilize AI for unrestricted hybrid warfare. Uh, They'll integrate it into existing technologies like TikTok, much like what we're seeing with Microsoft and uh, Google integrating their AI Uh, into all of their products and services. So now you see web browsers with AI chatbots integrated into them, uh, as well as uh, chat GPT being integrated into Microsoft 365 and all of their products and so forth. Google's doing the same thing. So we can expect that type of integration uh, with uh, Chinese apps and social media platforms that are being distributed ironically by Google, Apple and Microsoft.
0: So it sounds like when China regulates this industry, the Chinese Communist Party is quite involved. What's happening in the US? Because it seems here it's a lot of private companies.
2: In the US, it's quite the opposite of China. Uh, In the US, the government is going to regulate the military's use of AI. Uh, Whereas uh, the US is going to enable companies like Google, Apple, and Microsoft to arbitrarily market AI without any type of uh, regulation. And we're starting to see the consequences of this because there's been several lawsuits regarding uh, how these companies are using AI in the United States. The lawsuits are centered on the fact that they're scraping the internet for information to train their AI chatbots and authors, as well as entertainers. Uh, uh, Last week, Fran Drescher addressed this about entertainers. And, and AI being able to replace entertainers or actually take on the likeness of entertainers and so forth, uh, we're starting to see lawsuits uh, regarding copyright in, in this area. But what's going on in the United States is the fact that the government's not going to regulate the use of AI by companies by, such as Microsoft, Google, and Apple.
0: And on that note, it seems there was a study out from Harvard a couple years ago talking about this kind of race of AI between the U.S. and China. And they were saying that the United States will fortify the race because China is simply more determined to win. So how does this regulation or not regulation fit into that?
2: Well... You know, in terms of how we regulate AI, again, it's going to be regulated heavily with the military, but um, there are instances where we see government colluding with big tech uh, and, uh, and, and so forth uh, regarding uh, social media platforms. So there's the potential for the government in the U.S. to collude with uh, these big tech firms to, for the development of AI, which they could use. For intelligence uh, services like the CIA, or like what we saw here in the United States regarding the Twitter file release, the fact that the government was colluding with social media to um, uh, uh, censor news stories regarding the Hunter Biden laptop story, which has been published um, um, and exposing the fact that the FBI was in contact and collusion with uh, uh, Meta regarding Facebook as well as Twitter, well. If you look at the race between AI and how, it, how it's going to be used, if you look at it from a military standpoint or two countries like the United States and China competing against each other, China is just going to continue to uh, utilize their technology that they're marketing to the United States through their social media and apps. Uh, they're going to utilize that from a military standpoint to try and influence elections. Uh, We see this with uh, TikTok, where you see TikTok influencers who are actually being invited to the White House by the president, Joe Biden, so that uh, uh, Joe Biden's uh, uh, agenda can be um, disseminated through these influencers on TikTok affecting millions of people. Well, we're going to see that uh, more and more as we approach the election. And again, this all ties back to China's uh, unrestricted hybrid warfare that they're waging against the West, and it's not just in the United States. But we're going to see that uh, AI will be weaponized uh, against other countries where China wants to hold influence over those uh, over those governments, and also um, cause election interference, cause discourse between uh, citizens on social media platforms. We see that that use of this technology within. Uh, a military perspective. Now, people aren't seeing it as a military perspective because a lot of people don't under, understand unrestricted hybrid warfare, which is warfare without rules where everybody's a target.
0: And on that note, to your earlier point of, say, copyright issues, right, it's like we're seeing this, these songs come out that sound like Johnny Cash or Elvis, but it's not because it's using their voice, but it sounds quite similar. So with your note about elections coming up, now there's the concerns about deep fakes. So how do you see all of that fitting in?
2: Yeah, again, uh, if you look at how AI is being used to create um, uh, deep fakes and or images of uh, famous people and celebrities, now you can take it one step further. And if you look at how you want to disrupt an election or anything like that, you can spread a lot of propaganda, especially through deep fakes. Uh, again, through voice printing, they're able to identify people, people's identity literally by your voice print. This has been going on for a while. People don't realize this, but companies like Google, Apple, Microsoft, ByteDance, the developers of TikTok, have been collecting voice prints on their end users. So now once you collect the voice print, then you can replicate the voice of that individual. So if you really want to look at how you can spread disinformation, now you can do it through the likeness of either a celebrity, a journalist, a political uh, leader, or um, a world leader, um, or anybody. So this is the this is a high this is a, a big concern not only for the entertainment industry but it's also a big concern uh, in general for our for politics.
0: And Rex, with all the various topics covered today, any final thoughts you'd like to share?
2: I think that Google, Apple, and Microsoft need to really sit back and and understand the relationship that they have with Chinese app and social media platform developers and look at at how those platforms are are being marketed. In the West, you see that uh, harmful, uh, information uh, is being disseminated through TikTok, such as TikTok challenges and all these other bad things that are happening, whereas uh, uh, you're not going to see those same problems in China because they don't allow the same product to be marketed over there that, uh, that's being marketed to the West.
0: Rex Lee, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.